This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back. You're listening to The Morning Run with Chong Jensen and I'm Wong Xiaoning. It is 8.36. Now, in about 30 minutes, we have the opening bell where we check in on how Bursa Malaysia begins the trading day. But before that, let's talk about the Employee Provident Fund, which declared a dividend rate of 5.35% for conventional savings and 4.75% for share savings for 2022, albeit this was lower than the 2021 rate of 6.1% and 565 excuse me, 5.65% respectively. Overall, the total payout this year was 51.1 billion ringgit, which is almost a 10% decline from 2021. Looking specifically at equities, the contribution to gross income was lower at 30.5 billion down point, down by 26% compared to last year. As for bonds, there was a contribution of 18 billion, which was an 11% decline from 2021. No thanks to lower capital gains due to higher yields. EPF CEO Datuk Sri Ameh Hamza Azizan said the decline in total gross investment income was almost 20% lower than a year ago due to the challenging environment, including slower global growth high inflation rates and the subsequent tightening of monetary policies. Significantly, EPEF also saw a drop in assets under management for the first time in their history, given the huge outflows of funds in as assets came in at 1 trillion ringgit, down marginally from 1.01 trillion registered the year before. Now, as 145 billion ringgit had been withdrawn by members under four withdrawal schemes, allowed during the pandemic. So for comments on EPF's performance and the state of retirement savings of Malaysians, we speak to Pankaj C. Kumar, business commentator. Good morning, Pankaj. Always good to speak to you. Now, what did you think of the dividend rate of 5.35% for conventional savings and 4.75% for share savings for 2022? Good morning, and Jensen, and thank you for having me on the show again. I think on the rate that was announced, uh, I think EPF did exceptionally well in 2022 and kudos uh, to the investment team yeah, for a job well done in a year, as you know, where markets were extremely tough, uh, especially equity, as well as fixed income, which was a negative year for investors. Uh, in fact, I think if you look at the rate of 5.35, it was, uh, well, uh, my estimate was about 5.2. So it was above mine and it was also above what market was perceiving it to be. Uh, which was a range of between 4.8 to 5.1, which I read, you know, just before the announcement. So obviously the rate was much better than expected. Uh, but as for the Sharia rate, uh, which was 4.75, I think the portfolio was rather impacted uh, by some mark-to-market losses. Uh, as you recall, I think uh, EPF uh, had a write-down of 2.5 billion uh, on Sharia savings. And that alone was about 74%. Uh, of the total write-down that EPF made uh, during the year. And what was more telling was that 70% of this uh, write-down was related to glove stocks. Yeah, as you know, uh, glove stock had an awful year in 2022. In addition, I think if you look at it, uh, the spread as far as Saria's savings are concerned, uh, actually has widened to 60 basis points yeah, uh, between the conventional and, and, and the Sharia. Uh, from 25 to 50 that we have seen in prior years, or on average of about 39 basis points in the last five years. And Pankaj, foreign investment only made up 36% of EPF's investments assets, yet contributed to 45% of the fund's total gross investment income. EPF has maintained that they are guiding by their strategic asset allocation, but going forward, as the fund size grows, should there be more geographical or even asset diversification? 
a great question, uh, Jensen. And I think if you look back over the years, uh, EPF has, man has been managing the strategic asset allocation pretty well and are well diversified uh, geographically as well as different asset classes. Of course, focus has always been within the equity and fixed income space. And within equity itself, 42% uh, of the investment portfolio, there are two main asset classes, uh, which is both uh, the public equity, uh, about 38%, and balance is private equity. And of course, fixed income, uh, if you look at it, some 47% is actually parked there. And I think significantly, uh, it uh, not only within the Malaysian fixed income market, but also, of course, uh, the overseas one. And I think uh, if you look at inflows, uh, yes, last year, uh, EPF had an uh, outflow, actually. Yeah? As you know, there was a significant withdrawal. Uh, but I think from this year onwards, and EPF has really put its foot down in terms of you know, further withdrawals, special withdrawals. Uh, so you are looking at about 40 to 45 billion uh, net inflow yeah? compared to uh, 2022, where there was a net withdrawal of about 3 billion. So EPF will continue to look for opportunities in the market, especially in the current market where short-term yields have actually spiked considerably on expectation of higher Fed fund rate uh, of well above 5%. And also, of course, if you look at 2022, uh, the EPF benefited uh, from the weaker ringgit as well. Uh, so hence, uh, currency exposure is something that EPF ought to be mindful. Yeah, because dollar, as you know, uh, probably will resume its downtrend once uh, Fed is clear uh, in terms of reaching its pivot point. Okay, Pankash, you know, a total of $145 billion has been redrawn from EPF. And like you say, they should put their foot down when it comes to any more additional withdrawals. But just let's take a step back. You know, what kind of impact and challenges would it have caused to the fund? I think if you look at any fund for that matter, liquidity management uh, is paramount Yeah, when it comes to these withdrawals uh, that were done over the space of three years, uh, of which almost $45 billion was withdrawn last year. Hence for EPF, actually last year, if you look at it, uh, when you look at the strategic asset allocation, they have actually built up the uh, liquid asset uh, portfolio. That means basically the money market exposure to almost 7% at one time. Um, and of course, that was because they wanted to be ready and not to be forced yeah, to exit market position if there was a withdrawal, a huge withdrawal. And of course, due to the withdrawals during the pandemic, uh, we see EPF uh, asset under management more or less stagnant at about a trillion ringgit. This is a challenge as, they, as uh, the net withdrawals from members meant uh, EPF did not have fresh funds yeah, to manage its portfolio and it could only rebalance its portfolio from existing market positions. So that is actually a huge challenge when there is a you know, withdrawal. And Pankaj, the median savings of the B40 fell 70% to 577 ringgit as at December of last year from April 2020, while for the M40, their median savings declined 34% to under 20,000 ringgit over the same period, yet there are still calls to allow for another round of withdrawals. What do you make of these suggestions? I think we must uh, understand what is the purpose of EPF, yeah, which is basically to provide us a nest during our retirement. And with Malaysians' average life expectancy, you know, on average about 75 years, most people need to have enough savings to last them at least for the next 15 to 20 years yeah, post-retirement. So if we have too low of savings, it will not only uh, it will not help us yeah, to build the required minimum uh, savings amount, which EPF has now. Uh, in fact, uh, suggested that we should look at living wages, not just, not just uh, you know, the poverty line uh, monthly income of 1,000 ringgit. So living wages, we are talking about 2,700, almost 3,000 ringgit. So if you're going to live over the next 20 years, 
you are talking of having enough retirement fund to the tune of 600,000 yeah, before you retire. And that is such, that is what you require, you know, to, to make sure that we have uh, enough balances. But of course, if you look at the data that was presented, uh, P40, M40, um, balances are very low. So any further withdrawals will only make retirement much more difficult, yeah, not only for themselves, uh, but to the society and the government in general, as people do not have enough to make ends meet. Uh, of course, the other issue, as I've spoken before, uh, I think is, and I think EPF also have recognized this, is actually the low wage structure that we have. So we need to find ways to improve wages over time. Uh, with, of course, improvement in productivity, yeah, starting with higher and higher minimum wages. And we also need to address uh, our over-dependence on foreign workers, which actually, I think, to a large extent, has caused uh, the low-income group to not really have increased, uh, you know, uh, better pay because uh, a lot of employers tend to hire, you know, cheaper labour, uh, foreign workers, actually. Pankaj, you know, some pundits have suggested tiered EPF dividends so that the T20, who are the major contributors, do not benefit disproportionately. Is this a good suggestion? Uh, as they say, you know, when be careful what you wish for, as it can backfire. Because to me, EPF is a member scheme where everyone is treated equally when it comes to distribution. So by introducing a tiered dividend, you may be discriminating against those who have an equal right to what EPF earns every year at the expense of members who have low savings. And secondly, tiering of dividends suggests that the T20 group will be getting lower overall returns at the expense of the rest of the members. Uh, with lower expected return, uh, those who can withdraw, and I've said this before, especially those above 50 or 55, or even those with more than a million ringgit, will definitely withdraw and reinvest elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So for the EPF, it will have a liquidity crisis, as even assuming half or 30 to 40% of T20 eligible to withdraw right away, uh, we are talking about probably 200 billion redemption. You know, and EPF will be hard-pressed yeah, to meet the demand as it will have to rebalance its portfolio and forced to even sell its market position. Yeah. So it's not something that is, you know, uh, I think uh, uh, something that EPF should be doing and government to consider even. And what I feel that we should be talking about uh, is tiered contribution rate, not tiered dividends. All right, thank you very much for your time. That was Pankaj C. Kumar, business commentator, giving his, his views on the um, dividend rate that EPF announced over the weekend and he says it's an exceptional job. I think so too. Markets were extremely volatile. We look at asset classes. Only the US dollar did extremely well. Equities, fixed income, all took a bit of a hit. But up next, we'll be discussing China's political and economic trajectory. Stay tuned for that. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.